Hey, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to episode 221 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Pete DeMeo, and today we have a big day. Leanne DeMaley will be joining us as we talk about something that appears to be changing in vacationer behavior. We're talking about cancellations and the concerning trend that we're seeing of more and more travelers considering ending their vacation plans before they ever begin due to price. So this could be a really big thing that we're going to have to face as hoteliers. And today what we're going to do is cover some existing, some strategies that we all can put in place that rely on psychology to help our upcoming guests overcome their vacation hurdles. Leanne, do you, does this sound like a good podcast or is this going to be a, a dumper? You know, buyer remorse, I think, is now a problem more than ever before. So I think it's a great podcast. Well, let's see. Yeah. So, and, and since you said <laughs> now uh, more than ever, that means we have to have a little drink because that's what we do on this podcast. Uh, you don't have All a drink? Right. Now more than... Oh, I do. Mine's uh, Bullet 95 Rye. What's yours? I'm at work with my <laughs> sippy cup, so no uh, comment. That, that means it's probably vodka. <laughs> <laughs> So anytime you see yourself at work with a sippy cup, it is probably vodka. Yeah, you know, that's what I've yeah. learned. And that's my hot non-hospitality tip is that if you bring a to-go cup with a sealed lid, nobody can see through it. They're not going to question that it's anything. Oh, before. see, so we have our 60 seconds to success right here. That's it. Done. <laughs> Drink vodka. Makes everything better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so but before we get into the, the big part of the podcast, we got to really good news article to cover and we have a 60 seconds to success which probably is not going to be about vodka but we really don't know where that one's going to go just yet you may need some vodka you may need some vodka after this podcast uh not because it's not fantastic but just because it's a little bit uh unnerving you realize you'll have some work to do right exactly but so if you want to follow along check us out at travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and click on episode 221 for the show notes, links to the news items, 60 seconds, and everything else that you need to succeed as a hotelier. Mm-hmm. But Leanne, before we do that, do you know what time it is? Time for you to sing. It's hotel marketing that cannot lose. Now it's time for Leanne's personal news Oh, I love that. You did that like if you're in concert and you have to change some of the lyrics to say this city, uh, uh, like born in yeah. Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Milwaukee. All right, Here's um, Leanne's news item. Yeah. <laughs> I got this one from a company called Dave. First of all, I had to look up who Dave is. They're on the NASDAQ, but I'm not familiar with them. And it's probably because I'm not in the age group of their survey, but I'll explain to you who they are. You can look up Dave, D-A-V-E on NASDAQ, but they're a digital banking company. Their gimmick right now is offering 10% cash back on gas purchases. They did a survey to see what they needed to do to keep people using their digital banking um, devices and came up with this 10% cash back on gas purchases after doing the summer fund survey with the Harris poll. So this is the legit poll. They talked to Gen Z and millennial Americans. So they had 18 to 41 year olds that they surveyed and just asked them some general questions about what kind of summer fun they're going to have. And the answers didn't sound that much fun. Four out of 10 aren't planning on taking a vacation at all this summer. Four out of 10. They're not very happy about that. About two out of 10 say it's because they can't afford it. So that's shocking for me because at that age group, millennials and Gen Z, they've got their pick of jobs. It's Um, interesting. It's not just millennials and Gen Zs. It's the entire, I think, population, at least this data is mm-hmm. primarily focused on North America, United States to be more specific, but this is mm-hmm. what we're saying across the board. And a lot of that's what we're going to cover in today's podcast about these rising costs and how it's impacting people. Uh, right. And they were really talking to them about, like you said, the psychological hurdles to going on vacation because of anxiety. They wanted to find out what kind of anxiety and pressures they were feeling from inflation, from higher costs of living, higher gas, from COVID. That as they continued to ask them these questions, they they realized there was a, there's a legitimate problem. Three out of ten respondents say 
that if they go on vacation, they anticipate going in debt. Which is incredible. Uh, yeah. Um, well, you know, we, we talked about this uh, several episodes ago. We did a customer sentiment study focusing on rising prices. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we saw that a lot of people are considering canceling vacations that they booked because of rising prices. But we asked specifically about gas prices. And that was a big touch point for customers. But the mm-hmm. interesting thing that I always found is when you do the math, so we looked at the NTSB's data, said most people go on about a 350 or so mile trip when they go on vacation, one way. So right. almost 650 to 700 miles round trip. That, when you look at the cost per gallon and an increase in the cost per gallon from like say $2.50 up to maybe $4 or something, it's only adding between 50 and 70 bucks to the cost of a trip. So it's not a big uh-huh. expense. You're talking about $25 or more, or I'm sorry, 50 to $75 or more. That can be absorbed in the vacation budget. But people see that That's number dinner. and they're like, oh, I can't afford to pay four, four fifty mm. per gallon on their vacation and it's making them sit at home. But again, that's on. But wait, they'll get a couple of they'll get a couple of dollars back from the federal gas tax holiday. That and Dave will give you some money back too, right? <laughs> and Dave's so. giving them ten percent back. So, well, Dave wasn't just asking them about um, you know the cost of gas and expenses. They wanted to know overall what are you concerned about this summer because it was the summer fun survey. What would prevent you from having fun? They thought that the answer was going to be COVID, but only. About one in four said COVID worried them this summer. Uh, Two out of three said taking their family on vacation. They're worried. They got to do it and they don't know how. So whether or not they go on vacation is more of a concern than whether or not they catch COVID this summer. That's blowing my mind. 40% of the Gen Z population, that's 18 to 25-year-olds that were in the survey, said they're going to have to take a second job to go on vacation. Yeah. It's that's crazy. And and mm. I think that the vacation increases, the gas increases, those are all just bellwethers and I think of a larger problem that uh, us just in general are going to have to face, but hoteliers specifically because so much mm-hmm. of a hotel's business is leisure. And if that's the case, yeah. you know, people if they cut back from two vacations to one or three to two or one to zero, we're going to have to adapt to that and do some really smart things to keep those customers coming to our properties, uh, which is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, this Harris poll, it, what intrigued me is that it's a credit card, a digital bank asking them these questions. So they asked a lot of questions, I think, to get to the bottom of whether or not they were going to pay their bill. On oh, time. yeah. And they they actually got out of 75 percent of the respondents answered that they will barely have enough money to get by this summer their concern. Wow. So that's kind of making the credit card companies and the banks um, take note. Uh, yeah, I would think so. That's a that's a concerning one as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's jump over from there. Actually, oh, before we leave that, so Leanne, you found this at hotelnewsresource.com and sure the headline was America's, Americans cancel summer vacations. So, so take a look for that one. I think it originally came out on July 12th. But if you Google Americans cancel vacations and hotel news, you're going to get a lot yeah, of articles. Yeah, don't just do that. Yeah. <laughs> instead, choose great vacation destinations. Google that instead. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to the next segment, which is 60 seconds to success. And that's where I, All that's right. where I get to see if I can explain what we do in just a minute. So go ahead to set this up. 60 seconds to success is where we have just one minute on the clock to share a tip or trick to make your hotel marketing much more effective. If you're just tuning in from LinkedIn or YouTube, you can find this in the full episode at episode 221 at travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. And with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and put 60 seconds on the timer right now and see if I can get this all done. So here we go. All right. The bookings you have on the books may not really be booked and the bookings may fall off the books. And if that's confusing, I understand. That is to say, if you don't proactively communicate and continue selling your property in the lag time between a booking and a stay, you might lose them. New data from a recent travel boom study shows that up to one third of travelers who have already booked a stay would consider canceling due to rising costs. 
Now, this is above and beyond the typical reasons a guest would cancel a stay. So what do you do? You keep the marketing pedal down and you have a strong post-booking communication strategy for your upcoming guest. Continue to sell your locations, promote your on-site amenities, extol virtues of the vacation itself, and stay top of mind. Hey, have you found that you're able to drive some increased revenue as well? That's great because room upgrades, on-site purchases can all help drive revenue while reducing your cancellation rates. And this never happens. Wow. I said... I was worried because you started the timer and didn't start talking right away. That's I'm just getting, just getting cocky, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so no, it, it's true. So that's actually the whole point of this podcast is, you know, we did a, a study and found that basically 36% of respondents of over 2000 people who responded to the survey said that they would in fact cancel this vacation that they've already booked. They've already paid for, or at least put a deposit down in some cases. And it, it may be on the chopping block still. So from a hotelier's perspective, that number that you're looking at, that you're basing everything on, that you're basing your yield management on, that your revenue management strategy is based on, 30% of it could be off. Or not 30%, I'm sorry, one third could be off. Yeah, but you mentioned that by staying in communication with your guest who's made a reservation, you could probably upsell them. So why aren't hoteliers doing this already? So that's the big question. And that's what we're actually going to talk about in episode 221, that if you're listening on LinkedIn, you can jump over to that to, to hear the full episode and, and kind of get some ideas of what you can do there. But uh, it's something to be watch, watch out for. Just you know, you know, as a, a general tip, you know, if you're looking at your bookings, keep in mind, everything that's booked may not actually come to fruition. And you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and work a lot harder to keep the bookings that you already think you have. Mm-hmm. Does that mean just uh, setting a more stringent cancellation policy? I, I think that's one of the, you know, to, to, in your world. They're going to have to come yeah, listen. Yeah. Well, I think in, in your world, that's one of the many clubs <laughs> in your golf bag of, of tools that you can use. Yeah, a better cancellation policy for the hotel's perspective, better emails, better phone, text, app communications. I think that all is going to play a role. Uh-huh. But either way, I would not. Okay, the point of the 60 seconds here is don't take for granted what you haven't actually consumed yet. So mm-hmm. The old adage of don't count your chickens before they hatch is true. So anyway, that is today's 60 seconds to success. So if you want to continue listening and you're one of our several thousand podcast fans, all you do is keep listening. You don't have to do anything else. But if you're tuning in on LinkedIn, this is where we're going to sign off. And you need to find us at travelboommarketing.com slash podcast. Click on episode 222 and get all the cool information that you're about to miss out on. And with that, that is it for us. Travel Boom is out. Out. All right. So Leanne, we got all the housekeeping done. So now we get to roll up our sleeves and talk about something that's pretty darn stressful if you don't mind me saying mm-hmm. so anyway the, the today's topic is three ways to use marketing psychology to save your existing bookings and i kind of wanted to kind of set this up before we dive into the, the specifics but if you go back to episode 69 we talked about how hoteliers can apply some strategies and marketing tactics to help drive direct bookings now at the time mm-hmm. this was before covid this was you know yeah, four years ago at least and you know, it, was, it was great for the world we lived in back then. But now we're entering a time where the bookings, like we just talked about in 60 seconds, the ones you think you have may not actually come to fruition. So what we wanted to do was kind of shift it up a little bit. And we actually had Alyssa Fariska produce an article about social proof and the psychology tactics you can use to keep your direct bookings. And we want to drill down to specifically those bookings that you've already received. So let, what we're going to talk about today is three ways specifically that you can overcome the objections that your customers might have after they've made a booking and kind of go from there. Okay. So, but yeah, so kind of kind of touch this off. We did do a, st- a study recently. Uh, we're recording this as of July 21st, and the study is actually still being wrapped up. It, the data portion cl- concluded about a week ago. But what was most interesting is 
5.9%, we'll say 36%, said that they would cancel a vacation that they booked. So that's a big problem. So that's why we think psychology is probably the only thing we can use to uh, help keep these keep these bookings. Psychology, yeah. not money. <laughs> not, not money, no. <laughs> and I'll say this. I think the people who start cutting rate, I think they're the ones that are going to be in for a very rude awakening. Because, mm-hmm. yes, you can cut rate and you can save, but at what cost? You know, I think what you have to do here is, you know, and one of the things we're, one of the things we're talking about is actually not sales and savings and things like that. It's all going to be about increasing value. Because I think a lot, a lot of hoteliers, they offer so much more to the customer that they don't tell them about. But once you've gotten the booking, now you can start getting a little bit more intimate with your guest and say, hey, did you know we also do this? You know, here's a benefit. Here's another benefit. And get them to the point where you'd be crazy to cancel the stay that you booked because there's so much more than you even expected when you were already sold on making that booking. Mm-hmm. How do we do that? Psychology. All right. So we have three tips. Uh, I, I forgot our order. Am I going first? And then you're going first. Uh, going first. I feel like I've already talked the whole podcast already, but I'll do it. Okay. All right. So the very first thing from a psychology hack perspective is recency. And the point here is if you don't communicate with your upcoming guest, it is, it's possible that they'll start losing interest and forget how amazing your property is and even consider canceling their stay if something better comes along. Either something better financially that's not vacation related or something better co- that comes along from a direct competitor. You know, Just because someone cancels mm-hmm. a stay with your property does not mean that they're not going on vacation. They're just not going on vacation with you. And that's why staying in front of your upcoming guest is so critical in these times. Uh, Here's here's a good point, Leanne, kind of to build on this. They say that uh-huh. in uh, not they, it's the data suggests that an average person sees between six and ten thousand marketing messages every single day, all of which are competing for the dollars that your future booking, your f- future bookers could be reallocating. You know, so when you think about mm-hmm. it that way, you even though you've locked in the booking. Six to 10,000 times a day, somebody's trying to pull that money back out of your pocket and have your potential guests spend it somewhere else. And that's and that's why I think you need to have a plan to stay top of mind, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you originally scored that booking, you had somebody dreaming and envisioning exactly what they were going to do when they finally got to beat your property this summer, right? But once they started seeing gas prices go up and their rent may have increased and everything they buy at the grocery store costs more. If they aren't reminded of that dream, then they're going to focus on, I may not be able to afford this now. Well, I mean, I don't know how many streaming services that you subscribe to. Uh, Too many. many. It's the same here. Like I, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I subscribe to Peacock because we don't have cable and that's the only way I could have watched the Super Bowl. That was in January, and I got like two months free or something, whatever the deal was. You kept I, it? I, well, up till last week. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, I haven't watched Peacock since January or February when I watched the Super Bowl. So, yeah, at that point, I went ahead and I canceled that one. I actually pulled Hulu back as well because the, the magic wasn't there. I signed up for it. I was all mm-hmm. excited, and I went and watched a bunch of stuff. But after that, I was like, eh, I can live without this. Mm-hmm. They don't do a very good job of reminding you why you need to keep watching. Well, all they do is send me emails saying that they're raising the prices. And I'm like, I haven't got any more yeah. value. And I think that's where where they've screwed up is by not saying, hey, good news, we're raising our rate by a dollar. But because of that, you're getting blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, it's it's a good to note that all of these marketing messages, some are negative, you know, so mm-hmm. you've got to combat that as yep, well. That's the truth. So, And then we've got some ideas of kind of combating these things or, or actually putting these psychological strategies in place that we'll talk about after we get through our first, our three list. But Leanne, what's the next psychological, psych, psychological hack we can do? Well, this one does not take a degree in psychology to figure out. It's social proof. Um, Of course, your guest book, like I said, because they probably saw photos of other people having a great time. They may have seen them on Instagram or one of their friends' Facebook feeds. So you've got to continue to remind them that everyone else is having a great time at this resort. Uh, you got to continue to remind them to picture themselves there because, um, you know, the research shows most of us are all inherently followers. 
And that is why hoteliers are, are using these newer smart tools, the, the flip tube. It's a great way when people do visit your website to see what the vacationer experienced this week. Maybe get maybe see them in a restaurant that the, the guest, your future guest hadn't imagined themselves dining at yet or participating in an activity that hadn't been brought to their attention before. So constantly having that social proof means you've got to stay in touch with your guests that have been there. And your on-site guests also have to have that reason to share their good time on all the various social sites. Um, you've got to come up with ways to remind me on um, um, planning to come next month to keep checking your Facebook mm -hmm. and your social feeds. And you got to find a way to convince the people that had a great time to make sure that's front and center on their social. That is so true. And, and that, that's one of the reasons I really like Flip2 so much. I mean, I think those guys just do a phenomenal mm. job. And you know, with, with recency, we need to talk to them a lot. With Flip2 and the social proof, those are the tools that we can use to communicate back to our guests. The one nice thing about specifically Flip2 or any type of UGI platform is you get those organic photos and experiences that you, as a property, you either can't get or it might be a little bit beyond what you feel comfortable promoting. You know, so Leanne, mm -hmm. if, if you're staying at a certain property and you go out to dinner at a restaurant that's not affiliated with that property at all, but you take a very cool picture, it's just, you know, you and Darren hanging out, having a couple of drinks with, you know, a beautiful sky behind you, and you post that mm -hmm. to the hotel's, you know, flip to profile, again, you're creating those great memories that people are looking forward to having, and it gives the hotel something to push out to everybody else. Mm-hmm. The other things I was thinking about, now I'm not real big on social media myself. I know not everybody is, but even if you're talking to guests who may never go to your Instagram feed uh, or may never come back to your website again after they've booked, you can still send them an email with social proof of, you know, quotes of someone having a great time or a photo of look at all the guests having fun at the s'mores mm -hmm. night and things like that. It can be just in regular communications. It doesn't have to be through the social media channels. I was also thinking about something that the hotels here at the beach where we live are great at that I think technically falls under social What's proof. That? And that's a webcam. Oh, it's the best, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, what better proof do you have than this is actually what's happening here right yeah. now? And that gives you an opportunity to send your future guests another email. Hey, if you didn't know, here's a link to our webcam. Yeah. And, and I think when we kind of start going into more of the, the tactical tools of or ways of driving these psychological hacks, Email plays such a big role because it's one of the few mm -hmm. things that actually can push a message to a guest. And the data is unanimous in that the emails that open the most are the emails from hotels to guests that happen after the booking. They're more transactional. Mm -hmm. They're not sales messages. I've already bought something from you. And if you're telling me about the current weather, if you're telling me about whatever it might be about my upcoming stay, that email is getting opened. So that's the one that you mm -hmm. want to keep keep really hitting hard to deliver value, not just make, create noise, because if you do that, that's horrible. But if you can create mm -hmm. value and build that up, that excitement, that's going to be huge in reducing those cancellations. Right. And you mentioned, you know, showing photos of, of me and my man having a great time, sunset toast. You can also use that type of social proof to, uh, you know, kind of nudge them in, hey, we're offering a special right now if you'd like to reserve your table. We've got something coming up the, the week that you're here, a special surf and turf on Friday. Here's the link to make that reservation so you can get upgrades. That's a very good point, too, yeah. Yeah. So it actually brings us to the third item that we want to talk about in terms of, of social, not social proof, psychological hacks. And that is, and this is one of my favorite ones, is overcoming cognitive dissonance. So kind of to help define what does that mean so <laughs> cognitive dissonance is a phenomenal thing so what that is is it's that doubt that and that inconsistent thought that creeps into your mind you know so you think that's phenomenal well i do because i, I remember <laughs> way back when i was in college i took uh, some yeah. psychology classes as part, of, as part of my business degree and cognitive dissonance was a big part of it and mm -hmm. what it is, is like, so for instance, you've booked a vacation. Let's say you spent $2,000. And mm -hmm. then immediately your mind starts looking at the disconnect between I spent $2,000 and I got a vacation. 
was it worth it? You know, what other things could I have done with my $2,000 that I can't do now that I'm booking? So you're thinking about all these things. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a fear of missing out type type thought process. Uh, you know, kind of a, a good example is I could do car repairs. I could do landscaping. I could do anything. But right now I've allocated that money and I've spent it toward this vacation. Mm -hmm. So from a hotelier's perspective, you know people are going to feel this way. This is standard psychology 101. If people make a decision, they're going to start doubting that decision. Mm -hmm. Hoteliers need to be front and center saying everything is fine. You know, you've made a great decision. Congratulations. And continually feed them reinforcement, letting that potential guest. I call them potential guests because even though they're future guests, if mm -hmm. one third of it's them. not yet. You know, you want to make sure you mm -hmm. keep them going. There's, there's a really cool meme, and everyone's seen it. It's the little dog sitting, having a cup of coffee while the house is burning around him. And he goes, it's mm -hmm. fine. Everything will be fine. That's kind of the, the thought process behind cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. I have a, a lot of thoughts about this one because I do have uh, my belated honeymoon coming up, and it's been booked a while back. It's in a location where everyone flies to the destination. And if you turn on the, the news right now, all they talk about is how half the flights are being canceled or delayed. And even if your flight gets you there, your luggage may not show up. And that gets people worried, especially if they are hesitant to fly to begin with and their partner convinced them it's going to be okay. Maybe you go ahead and address that straight on. Maybe you do the research and find out that the airlines are more often on time to your destination. Or here's what we're going to do to help you if you if you you arrive before your luggage does. Mm -hmm. We'll send our you know our shuttle back to pick it up for you, or send them a link to get a discount on an Apple AirTag. Yeah, you know something <laughs> to acknowledge what could be causing them their co uh, the cognitive dissonance. And I'll tell you something else. I have it right now with where we're going on our honeymoon because can, can you share where you're going? I, I'm going to Mexico okay. to a location in Mexico. In fact, the resort that has me on the books, my name is there. So you might want to look into this since I've booked this honeymoon, they haven't sent me any emails and I thought for sure by now they'd be calling to help me arrange transportation to and from the airport to the hotel or calling to, you know, set up dinner reservations for me. I've read lots of social proof that everyone has an app down there to communicate with the staff. Why haven't they already sent me a link to that app? I am worried now that they haven't communicated. With right. Me. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. You may just want to stay in their ear so they don't have anything extra to worry about. It is, it is it's so true. I mean, I think one of the biggest things with, with cognitive dissonance and just that doubt after you make a booking is if somebody's there being your cheerleader and reinforcing your decision, even if it's just reminding you, hey, aren't you glad you booked this vacation? The reason you did it was because you and, you know, referenced PMS data, your family, you know, wants to come back and stay in an oceanfront suite on room number, whatever. You know, if you can pull that data mm -hmm. and make that a very personalized communication back to the guest, all of a sudden you're saying, oh, that's right. I booked this because this is the most important thing in my life right now. And this right. is not something I want to blow off in favor of a car repair. You know, I want to take this vacation. And, you know, this is all automation that can be set up and ready to go and personalized the moment that you get the reservation. And I say Hilton is a good example of a company that continues to send you the email, especially a couple of weeks in, weekend, even a day in, to remind you about things to expect during your stay, as simple as that. And at the bottom of the email, they now include, if you've canceled this reservation, please disregard this email. Because they don't know if you're going to cancel it or not, but they're going to still communicate. So with you. wait a minute. So is that? I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one. Uh huh. Okay. Do you do that in a message where the person hasn't canceled, and are they putting cancellation in their mind as a viable alternative to vacationing? Okay, devil's advocate. I'll be your other devil on the other you side. Use, because you have to use a proper accent, though. I think this one is like <laughs> it's a Scottish. You know, <laughs> here's what's happened because I will make reservations. I mean, this summer has been iffy for mm -hmm. everyone, myself included. I'll make reservations and note what the cancellation um, 
terms are, and I have canceled some mm-hmm. of these. And after canceling it, received the email saying, uh, here's what to expect for your stay. And I'm like, oh no, did they not right? get my cancellation? So I log back in and see, well, no, my, they should have that extra automation in place, Hilton, to take the person's name off the list right? if they do cancel. Or at that time say, sorry, you weren't able to come. Uh, you know, stay stay in touch. We've got these dates available. Yeah, exactly. It's another opportunity missed. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So those are the three main psychological strategies that we recommend you know, hotels put in place to keep existing bookings staying on the books. So, mm-hmm. you know, Alyssa's article that she put together has a lot more just psychological tips and tricks that you can put in place from a, a marketing perspective in general. Mm-hmm. But now that we have our top three. What we want to talk about is how we can put these psychological tools to work. Okay. And are you a fan of the movie Glengarry Glen Ross? Oh yeah. Okay. Lot. Of, I mean, we live by that here. So, what does Alex Baldwin <laughs> Alec Baldwin's character say? <laughs> always be selling, right? It's always be closing, but you got to use a always you be use closing. A ton of yeah. F-words when you say it, though. otherwise it. <laughs> so, but yeah. So his thing is, you know, A B C. A always B B C closing always be closing. Mm-hmm. That's what he writes on the the whiteboard, you know, when he's you know reaming out the the salespeople. And right, it, while he's a little bit harsh with it, I think that is a perfect thought process that hotels need to think about. You know, until the ink is dry on that agreement, and they've stayed, you haven't closed that sale. So mm-hmm. you know, what can we do to always be closing? And that's where we kind of broke it down into email, social channels, personal outreach, SMS and text, and then finally content. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that- Don't forget to your front desk, your people in <clears throat> reservations. If they get phone calls, which they still do, remember they need to remember that if they're asked a question about what does the hotel have amenity-wise about a future stay, definitely kill that caller with kindness. You know what? I, I don't have that on my show notes, but I'm adding staff training- Okay. Right now, it's just been it's just been added. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, let's talk about staff training a little bit then. I think that's that's a mm-hmm. really important part that I missed on on these show notes was people have to know when someone calls to cancel that there needs to be a path that's not ending in a cancellation. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, it's starting to be. I, I know for a while they wished they had this problem. Now that groups are coming back, when they set up a group block for your your friends that are coming to your wedding to book a room. You need to make sure that your people are trained what to do if maybe that group block is full or their room type is not available because you don't want to do anything to make them go online and look up what hotel is next door. That's that's so true. And I think you know, a lot of people kind of forget that part. They're thinking about it. We talk about silos, you know, marketing operations and you know, call center, but we need to make sure they work a little bit better together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so once you get the staff training knocked out, then I think content is really, really important. So a lot of times we talk about content in the in the marketing realm of let's create top ten things to do in Orlando. Let's talk about you know money saving day trips from Orlando, whatever it might be. But what mm-hmm. we need to be thinking about is the content that we create for our potential guest are the same exact ones that we want to be promoting very aggressively to our upcoming guests. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think about this. Like, so, okay. So if I have a new article about, you know, you know, great ways to save money on your Orlando vacation, that's an article that I probably want to email out or get in front of my upcoming guest. Absolutely. And when you're sending out information, think about your subject line. You don't want it to be so bland that it, they think, oh, I already know this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, um, I think right now anybody could write a, a great email to somebody that could be booking, has already booked, or is on their way. What to pack? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been a while since people have been on a big vacation, so they need to be reminded. You know, just how's it going to work going through TSA checkpoints, and and what do I need when I get to your resort yeah. that I may not have thought of? That's a really really good point. So, and it, that actually brings us to the the third thing, which is the email side. This is probably the the most important tactic that you have in your golf bag of tools or golf bag of clubs that you want to use. 
and, and the reason is, is that's the one thing that people open. That's the one thing that really gets the engagement. Most mm-hmm. hoteliers have the confirmation email. They have a pre-arrival email. And then they have a checkout survey type email. And my position is that is way too few emails in the world we live in. Confirmation mm-hmm. email should be thanking them for the booking and giving them opportunity to know about all the things that they didn't necessarily know about. In between there, we should be sending them content about getting ready for the vacation, what to make sure you pack. An email that says, hey, did you know you booked an angle oceanfront suite, but you can upgrade to a oceanfront suite for only $10 more. Exactly. Uh, and, and constantly reinforcing all the things that you do as a hotel that the guest does not know about. Like, did you know we offer free parking? You don't have to worry about valet. You don't have to worry about street side parking. We have you covered. Just one little thing that they can, the guest can put in their mind. So when they're fighting that cognitive dissonance stage, they can say, oh, wait a minute though, but it's expensive vacation, but I'm not having to pay $30 a day for a valet. You're like, oh, I get, mm-hmm. technically I'm saving, you know, 90 bucks on a three day vacation. So I, absolutely never quit selling your value because for all you know your comp set is is doing stupid things like dropping rate or or trying their best to snag your guests by saying how all the the, we're going to give you the kitchen sink for free once you get here so remind your guest on the books of the value they're going to get when they come to you absolutely so and and this is not supposed to be a you know exhaustive conversation about email strategies but i would say if you only send one or two confirmation emails or pre-arrivals, really think about this and build out that calendar and set those automations up. Yeah. So guests are getting hit with every email that they can possibly get before they start pulling away from your communication channel. Mm-hmm. And, and test that email by sending it to yourself first, because just this week I received an email that was supposed to be personalized to me and it had a space and a comma and then it continued on. I guess they forgot to merge my name into that. Isn't that the worst? I know, right? (laughs) Even put in a fallback of hello guest. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Make sure your staff is trained. Goes back to your staff. You got to take care of them as well. Uh, Leanne, what's next on the list here? I I see we have social channels. Well, you know, we talked about it earlier. Social proof is is what you need to reinforce to your guests that everyone else is having a good time. So you you definitely want to have on your social channels, not just, see, the thing is you're talking to everybody. You're talking to someone who's thinking of booking. You're talking to someone who has booked. You're talking to someone who may be staying there as we speak or your your guests that's remembering what a good time they had after their stay so you have to think about that content that would would be reflective of all of them mm-hmm. that they would all find beneficial and it matters to them yeah yeah true from from an organic perspective mm-hmm. someone going to your you know hotel's instagram or facebook page or tiktok or whatever platform you're using they're going to see everything right Right. So you, you want to make sure you're giving just good generic type content there that reinforces the stay. But, and, and we haven't done this very often is, you know, what can you do? It, will it make sense? Because knowing that 36% of the people may cancel their stay, is it worth creating some type of audience where you do a, a low budget spend toward people who have upcoming stays to make sure that they go through that booking? You know, I think that's something mm. that we, we would need to do the research into to find out how to make it actually work. But that could be something that is a, is a good way to create that extra channel to reach out to those people who have a booking. Yeah. More hoteliers contact me and ask questions about, you know, social media because they've, they've never figured out how to properly spend that budget. So that's definitely something that you'd want to research. We've got some good information on the travel boom blog about that. Absolutely. So yeah, you check, check that out, kind of get your, your social strategy in place. And you may want to look, think about some, some lower budget strategies to get mm-hmm. those existing guests. Good idea. So, and, and then, you know, honestly, yes, we talked about people looking at our emails, people finding us on social, but you can also literally pick up the phone and call. What? Yes, you can do this. You can still call people. <laughs> so most people won't answer because it's coming from a weird number, but at least you can call, leave a message or from an automation perspective, set up a an SMS campaign or text campaign to your upcoming guest. 
and uh -huh. literally just get them on the phone and say, hey, I know that you're coming to Mexico soon, Leanne. Here's what you need to pack. Here's what you need to be aware of. Did you know that you're not supposed to bring fresh fruit to Mexico? Whatever they need to know about. Right. <laughs> right. So I think. What about a text, though? I just I would like to caution hoteliers to maybe include that as a checkbox when someone's making a reservation. Is it OK for us to communicate with you via text? Then you'll know who's into it and who is. Yeah. And most likely your CRM system has a SMS or text component. It will probably mm -hmm. connect to something like a Twilio or some type of you know SMS service, but get that active opt-in because it's a great way to make a very quick notification to your guest, particularly mm -hmm. if you don't have a great mobile app that your guests have adopted. If I send a message saying, "Hey, did you know that your check-in is tomorrow? We look forward to seeing you." You know, please click here to upgrade your room or request early check-in. Those are all great mm -hmm. things that you can do from SMS perspective that, to be frank, just don't work from an email perspective or anywhere else. Yeah, I wrote a note. We've got an app for that. If you have one, use it. Very much so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we know that customers and hotel, your, hotel guests like apps. They use them. They want to check in and they want to get into the room with an app when it makes sense. So if you can mm -hmm. do that technologically, go for it, I would say. Cool. All right. So that is pretty much everything that we had for kind of how you can use the psychology of the customer to help keep your existing bookings. Uh, everything from, you know, recency, social proof, overcoming cognitive dissonance are all great strategies to employ. And those tactics that we just talked about are all a great way to help hopefully reduce that rate for you. Every hotelier in the world is going to be facing these similar challenges. And I would just say if if you're a hotelier and you're in the world, then you need to be thinking about how you can reduce that, right? <laughs> what if you're out of this world? So if you are Elon Musk and you're, you're booking uh, <laughs> Mars stays, then you're fine. Those people don't care. Okay. Okay. All right. You're probably right. I'm not canceling once I've spent a quarter of a million dollars to go up there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Well, cool. Well, so that's pretty much all we have for you today. But we do have some listener feedback. A fan mail. I have fan mail. I know. So, Leanne, th they sent you a message, <laughs> and they need your help. And, and I, I love this question. Uh, it, this is a, from a podcast listener that uh, I read this, and I, I went to you, and I said, Pete, these people really need our help if they've sent this question to us. Uh, it says, I need your professional. This is from Heather. We'll just say Heather. We'll help them and the hotel stay a little yeah, bit. Yeah, if anonymous. you need to redact some stuff in here so we don't get people in trouble. I, I'll redact okay. it. <laughs> yeah. Heather says, I need your professional opinion, please. On Saturday, July 9th, there's some recency for you. Um, how should I say this? I'm not going to say where she was. She went on a holiday in Texas, Hillsboro, Texas. And they arrived at their hotel on January 9th, around 11 a.m. This tells me they were able to check into their room That's early. Awesome. So good on that yeah. hotel. That's the one thing that it sounds like they did right. Here's where it turned bad. Lightning struck a nearby tower and the ho entire hotel lost power until well after 9.15 p.m. On a day that was 108 degrees in Hillsborough, Texas. Oh, when she was um, in the hotel, that lightning struck. They lost power. Guess where she was in the hotel? Pete? Bathroom. No. Where's Lobby. the worst place that you would want to be if, in a hotel when the power goes oh, out? Elevator. Exactly. She was in the elevator. It, it was just a three-floor property. So um, remember, during a storm, take the stairs. That's my tip from this story. But she was on her way up and got stuck between floors. There was no phone in this elevator, no AC, Ooh. poor lighting. She was stuck for 40 minutes, 4 0, but she said it felt like four days. Oh, gosh. What do you think happened? Oh, it just gets worse. The fire squad and the police department were the ones that eventually rescued her. When she walked out of the elevator, she went straight to her hot room because power had been out in there and she thought she'd get an apology from the hotel staff she did not 
the hotel gave her a credit for $55.39 for, this is what she says, my time served in the elevator. <laughs> she says, I'm so livid. What do you think they should have done for me? And she says, I've left out other details of the trouble that came before the storm. The fact that we were there celebrating me completing one year of being cancer free. And these people were unbelievably unsympathetic to any any one of us that weekend. She says, "Thanks, I I just wanted an expert's opinion." Whew. That's tough, um, right? I've had that happen at, when I've been a manager at a hotel before, and that's that's serious. That that's like people's worst yeah. nightmare. Some people's phobia is getting stuck in an elevator. But I don't care if their problem was somebody looked at them sideways as they walked down the hall to their room. You as the hotelier need to be empathetic. And it does. That sounds like where they dropped. The well, because it's foremost. free. You know, mm-hmm. so to open an ear, to lend a shoulder and to just be helpful does not cost anything. Mm-hmm. And that's literally hotelier 101 is to be a good, good person and to be welcoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we weren't really able to, you know, we're not in the, the, the operations side of the business. We're, we're more on the marketing side. So what I did is I reached out to one of our friends with Britain Resort Management, and they manage you know a couple dozen properties. And the, this is something that pops up. And I, I asked their their VP, I was like, "What happens? What do you do? Like, and what did this property specifically do wrong?" Mm-hmm. And so he, here's what they actually broke down in two parts that I didn't think about. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first one is customer service. He says management. In, in this is in their case, management would have mm. been on site at the elevator waiting to personally apologize to the customer once the situation resolved. And they would have expressed their heartfelt sympathy for what the women, woman went through and would have comped her stay as well as most likely invited her back for a future complimentary stay, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, yes. How much is that going to cost you? Uh, it's a, it's a couple days. It's, affordable from a hotelier perspective, but it's completely unaffordable if it blows up from a social perspective and, you know, is, is a nightmare mm-hmm. from a PR perspective. I appreciate that the, the expert that you asked said they would be there at the elevator waiting to personally apologize. I think maybe this could have something to do with the fact that all hotels are running um, on short staff that's spread very, very thin. But anytime this has ever happened to me before, we would be communicating with them in the elevators, which she never mentioned that they said, stand by, help us on the that's way. That's the weird part. And I'm not, I'm not a, an Otis elevator expert, but I would assume that those phones are required to be working order. By default, mm-hmm. I don't know of any elevator that does not have an emergency phone inside of it. Exactly. Uh, I'm thinking even in Texas, especially yeah. in and, Texas. And here's the thing, though. Mo- if you take a step back, this is not the hotel's fault. They did not no. call in a lightning strike on this property. So I feel like in this case, this is when the hotel says, I'm going to go above and beyond. And I want to make mm-hmm. sure Heather, in this case, has a phenomenal stay, even though I did everything right and you know, as fate is, I failed her either way. So. Right. And you, I'm wondering when she checked in, did they ask her what brings her to town? Because if they did, they would know she was there celebrating a life altering moment yeah. and, and would have known, you know, if they talked to her while she was in the, in the elevator, exactly what room she's mm-hmm. in and figured out right away, oh, she's here celebrating a special occasion. Yeah. I'd have had a cake for her when she got <laughs> off the elevator. Because cake at 108 degrees is exactly Fixes what everything. Want. Yeah. <laughs> big, big, a cake and a big glass of milk. And that's what I want. <laughs> um, so. uh, and I think that there's there's other sides of the issue. Did he also talk with you about legal ramifications? Yeah, so, so this is the one thing that he uh-huh. hit on as well. And this is one thing that I hadn't even considered. But he talked about business protection. And he goes, one mm-hmm. factor con- to consider is that the resort has to have an understanding of what level of potential liability that they'd be accepting by providing comps and, offer, and offering apologies so depending mm-hmm. on the legalities of the situation, that they want to make sure that these are just gestures of goodwill mm-hmm. and they're not like a an omission of guilt. And I think that makes right. a lot of sense to you. It's, it's how you say things, you know, from an attorney's perspective that make all the difference in the world. You know, there's a big mm-hmm. difference between, you know, I'm sorry that that happened to you versus I apologize that I did this to you. Exactly. And that's why service recovery a tool which can oftentimes be a free future stay just to show you that 
we want you to have a good time here. We want to make it up to you, mm-hmm. but you're not really financially saying that you're responsible yeah. for anything yeah. that happened during that stay. Can I just say one more thing? Say it. This Heather and the, Heather, this is directly to you. I okay. Well, hang on a second. To, Everyone needs to do. They everyone else need to do earmuffs and cover their ears? Earmuff? No. I, <laughs> Heather, do you want them to do earmuffs? <laughs> She says it's okay. I can share okay. this. Uh, I went to this property's TripAdvisor listing to see if she'd also put a review on there, and maybe they responded to her on um, on TripAdvisor. That's what most people would do. Um, that property had not claimed their TripAdvisor listing. It's not good. Big red flag. Yeah. Before you make a reservation to go stay anywhere, you usually look for them on TripAdvisor. It's not enough to look and see that they're on there. Scroll to the bottom and see if they've actually claimed their site listing. Is if they haven't, they don't care. That is so true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, good. Well, yeah, Heather, hopefully everything worked out for you. And and thank you for for sharing that with us. You know, hopefully, Mm -hmm. you know, the the research that we did and the feedback helps a little bit because I know that was a, a tough situation. And at uh, and congratulations on your good health. Absolutely, congratulations. That is absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have you know family who have been through that same situation. I know that's a definitely taxing, you know, mentally, spiritually, from a family perspective, and everyone else too. If I had a hotel, I'd reach out to her and give her a free stay right now. But Heather, unfortunately, I haven't made it to yeah. that level yet. E- even better <laughs> if that hotel is a single floor hotel. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I I think at at that, that's pretty much all we have to cover today. I think we've wrapped everything up. But if you want to follow us, check us out at TravelBoomMarketing.com. Or you can find us at LinkedIn at company slash TravelBoomMarketing. Leanne, how can they hunt you down? All right. There's, I'm going to give you three good ways. If you go to TravelBoomMarketing.com, if you asks for us to contact you or evaluate your website. I'm the one who reads those requests. So that's directly to me or on LinkedIn. You can find me by just going to LinkedIn and do a forward slash contact Leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E. All right. And you can find me at Pete DeMeo, P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O on LinkedIn. You can also find me on actually just on my email at Pete.DeMeo at Travel Boot Marketing. And pretty much all the social channels at Travel Boom Marketing in some variant. But if you search for us, you'll find us no problem at all. Mm-hmm. All right. And, you know, I, I don't ask a lot of things here, but you know, if you enjoyed the podcast, definitely leave us a review on iTunes, Google, wherever you listen to your podcast. That really helps us. And here's the thing. Speaking to Heather specifically, we're at about 50 minutes on the podcast. This is as long as she was in that elevator. So... Think about that from a hotel perspective. That's like at 108 degrees. Yes, she could have listened to our. I was thinking the opposite. (laughs) I was thinking, man, she could have caught up in a whole episode of our podcast. And the the fire. It might have been what got her through. You'll never know. I'm I'm thinking that's what it was. But I'm thinking that the Mm. police and fire police fire department would have opened the door, and she'd say, "No, just close it. I'm almost done listening." Keep on dreaming, Pete. Anyway, Mm. so yeah, you can find us collectively at travelboommarketing.com or slash podcast for all the show notes. And there you go. That's another episode of the Hotel Marketing Podcast in the books. But don't worry. We're going to be back next week with more hotel marketing tips, tricks, and news to make you the best hotelier you can be. With that said, Travel Boom is out. Okay. okay. I, I forgot that you don't usually you, you print stuff out, and you, I see you're not on the. <laughs> I'm analog. Uh, this is analog shit. <laughs> oh, that's good. I I needed an ending. <laughs>